Welcome to Points of View, the Point Hacks podcast. I'm your host, David Walsh. Today, I have senior Point Hacks writer Brandon Liu join me on the podcast again. We're going to be discussing what seems to be the hottest national pastime at the moment, packing up your bags and flying to Europe. Brandon, you've been busy, mate. Like, you've just done what seems to be what every other person in Australia seems to be doing at the moment, which is getting out of the country and, and going to Europe. But yes. welcome back to the podcast, Brandon. Thank you. Yes, I joined the Max Exodus um, from Australia, you know, back to back to Europe. And it's been fabulous. Um, it's so busy right now, especially during the peak summer period when I went. I was full of tourists, but it's great to be back in Europe. Yeah, it feels like it is the, co- the country's collective pent-up, you know, travel desire to go mm-hmm. somewhere seems to have hit just Europe all at once with as mm-hmm. many people that can go as possible. Yes. Well, Europe's one of the best continents to travel to right now with so many countries open uh, and so little restrictions. So it definitely yeah. makes sense. Yeah. And you, and you got there in a really interesting way. So just before before we dive into it, like for the for the listeners at home, T- TLDR here, Brandon Liu, who's a, one of our fantastic writers on the Point Hacks website, just, re- uh, just did a return trip to Rome. Um, got there in a bit of an interesting way with uh, with Qantas and their, their points plane. Hmm. Um, but we're also going to probably dive into a bit of you know I think it's it's good to t- tear the meat off the bones and talk about some like some of the other ways you can get to Europe as well and really like dive into some some interesting routes to get a, to get to and from that you know most most listeners might not have thought of. But Brandon, for anyone that doesn't know what it is, what what is a points plane? Yeah, so for a few years now, Qantas have been releasing points planes, which is where they make every seat on the flight available uh, to be booked with Qantas points at the low classic flight award rate. Um, so, I mean, it's a, it's a bit of a, it, it's very much a PR play, right? Um, uh, it certainly started off that way. So I, I think um, it started off when they were flying like, you know, the sports teams to Tokyo for a competition and then the plane was just going to come back empty. So they'd make the whole plane available um, as a points plane. And, you know, it's a great opportunity for people who have, you know, plans that line up very well uh, because you can book, you know, all the business class seats uh, for the whole family if you had enough points. Um, it's really good to get all that availability. Yeah, so everything's in, at that classic uh, rewards level, which is fantastic. Yes. yes. Um, there's just all the seats in business class are up for grabs, which yes. is, again, another big benefit because usually... It's a big rarity, you know, in this day and age. I mean, at the moment, it's a bit of a rarity to find any mm-hmm. any business class. Exactly. You, go, you have to so take you anything you find. Take it, take it where you can. Um, and then on top of that, because this was a, an inaugural flight, there was a, a bit of a twist to it. Yes, yeah, so um, the flight we're talking about is the new Qantas Perth Rome route. So uh, they announced it in December of 2021. So as soon as I woke up and saw the news, I was like, I have to be on this flight. Uh, so yeah, I got up in the morning um, and I booked a reward seat from Perth to Rome, uh, which cost 108,400 Qantas points in business yep. class and yep. only $435 taxes on the side. Well, so you know, for 16 hours in a life like that, that was an incredible deal. What what I what I love about this story is that you literally just saw it and went no no that's that's happening I'm not going to talk to <laughs> anyone at Point Hacks to see if this is a trip that we want to cover or if this is you know something we we want to do but I'm booking it um, and I'm going to ask I'm going to ask for forgiveness not permission yes. which is which which I I personally I really really enjoy it <laughs> oh so do I um let me tell you uh, my girlfriend she absolutely hates the idea you know she's always like no you have to ask I, you know. <laughs> But yes, in this case, um, 
um, classic reward flights were fully flexible and they still are until the end of 2022. So I pulled the trigger knowing I could get a complete full refund if I needed to. And, and lucky I did because in really half an hour after I booked, all the business class seats were sold out because they only made one flight a points plane. So, you know, 42 business class seats and they sold out in an hour or so. Yeah, you got onto it um, real quick, which is great. Yeah, what, so what I, I, I got additionally love it. What I additionally love about it is that we like, we literally just did a podcast with, with Mike, our CEO, where he... It was 109 hours, all, all his all his transit, and you wake up and go, oh, yeah, that looks great. I'm going to book that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, who would say no to a direct flight to Europe? That's just so cool, you know, uh, yeah, to continental and, Europe anyway. Because you're based in Western Australia yourself, so it's That's uh, right. it was, you know, it being from Perth to Rome was just perfect. Yes, and I've never been on the Perth to London nonstop flight. So, you know, going on the Perth to Rome flight was definitely an opportunity I wasn't going to miss. Yeah, and you, um, I remember you saying to me earlier that they they sort of really lent into it being the like this inaugural Italian flight. What mm. were some of the like in-flight experiences stuff they did? Well, the main thing we got was a commemorative certificate um, on board, you know, <laughs> congratulating us for being on the first points plane. Yeah. And unfortunately, the the flight we were on was the first actual flight, but. Qantas didn't consider it as the first official flight because that honor went to the second flight, which was filled with media. Um, you know, our oh. premier, uh, oh. Mark McGowan was on the flight. Alan Joyce was on the flight. So that second flight was the technically the inaugural. So they got all the you know the festivities and stuff, but we got a nice certificate. You know, but but, but you also know, right? You know yes, exactly. You got the first we were first. We know that, and that nothing's going to change that. Alan <laughs> Joyce and Mark McGowan can say what they like. Brandon Lou was first. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was a great feeling. The crew were so, you know, so excited to be on this flight. Um, it's Sydney-based crew um, who operate the Rome flight. So they came up um, to Perth a bit earlier and then they were, yeah, excited to be on the first flight to Rome. And, you know, just like us, they get a few days in Rome as well before they fly back. Which is a, a, a great perk of the job. Hmm. So what was it like landing in Rome? Yeah, well, surprisingly, the flight went pretty quickly, which is, you know, that's not something I expected to say for a 16-hour flight. I was about to really say a quick, a quick 16 hours. <laughs> yes, um, because we take off at, you know, about 10.30 at night. So we have a bit of a light supper, um, uh, wonderful Italian food um, designed by Neil Perry. Uh, and then, you know, you go to bed, uh, change it to the PJs, recline the seat, put on the mattress pad, and eight hours go- it's gone just like that. You know, when I woke up, we were flying close to India and there was about eight hours to go. And I was like, well, you know, the bulk of the flight's already gone. Now it's an eight hour flight, which you know, is quite doable. Uh, so the remainder of the flight, I stayed up a bit, uh, took a few more naps, but, you know, had, a, had some snacks, had some, you know, watched some flight entertainment, did some work, and then we were pretty much there after breakfast. I mean, 16 hours goes very quickly when you're in a, when you're in business class. No, certainly. <laughs> I, I can't imagine, you know, doing the flight in economy. And I did try to book the flight back in economy, but uh, as you'll find out later, I got upgraded to premium. So that was a nice experience. I mean, spoiler alert, but yeah. Alert. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, you're, you're, you're just spoiled now, Brandon, with your, oh. all these, all these points business class flights oh certainly yeah. yeah yeah and you know i do have reasonably long legs so any chance i have to you know stretch out a life flight you know it's a good flight yeah definitely what um so actually landing in the city mm-hmm. um what was the what was the airport like yeah so we landed in terminal three of rome uh, i think fiumicino airport's called um it's quite modern it's one of the newer terminals so um i got out um, we probably had to wait about half an hour for our bags to come out, but that's okay. You know, our bags arrived and in this tra- 
current travel climate, that's a win. I think if you get if you get in your bags in half an hour on, a, on an inter, international flight, that's that seems reasonably par for the course at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I was fairly happy with that. Um, once we got the bags going through customs, you know, it was a breeze. And so I headed straight out and took the train from the airport to Rome. And then from Rome, I took an express train straight down to the Amalfi Coast, which was my first destination on this trip. Oh, tell me about it. Yes. So um, I started off in Positano, uh, which is absolutely breathtaking. Uh, you know, for those who don't unaware, the Amalfi Coast is this stunning, you know, um, cliffside collection of towns, you know, over 50 kilometers of coastline. Um, so it's like layers and layers of houses on the side of a cliff. So it's got that iconic, you know, uh, views uh, all around. Um, so Positano is one of the main towns. Um, so I took the train to Salono and from Salono, I took a ferry, which uh, got me straight into Positano. And I would definitely recommend taking a ferry to the Amalfi Coast if you have the chance, you know, it's just such a good experience, you know, um, cruising along, feeling the sea salt, you know, in the air. And just, you know, when you arrive at one of these towns, you just see all these buildings come into view and then you, know, you dock and it's amazing. Well, you would have been absolutely in your element because um, you're, you're a very good photographer. Yeah, well, thank you for that. Um, I, I, I certainly enjoyed the photo opportunities there. You know, re, um, as I mentioned, arriving into town, you know, just as the, the view creeps up to you, there were some really good photo opportunities there. And later that night, um, I had dinner at a really nice restaurant by the side of the road, uh, which in Positano means, you know, by the side of the road, which has an awesome view down the side of the cliff. Um, so, yeah, I had dinner there. And, you know, the, the night views and the night photography was yeah, absolutely stunning. Was there any uh, anywhere that you got your favorite shot from the trip? Um, yeah, well, my favorite shot was actually from Capri. Uh, so that's another island um, off the Amalfi Coast, actually. So you have to take another ferry to get there. But um, when you get to Capri, you take a funicular up to the top of the mountain, so the township of Capri itself. And from there, there's some really, uh, you know, really good views, but it's really high up. And although I didn't do it at the time, you can go even higher to the second town of Anna Capri, uh, which is the top of the island. But, you know, even from Capri itself, the views are really good. Yeah. I mean, so will we be seeing this photo on Point Hacks? Like, I'm, oh, I'm, yes, cu yes. I'm curious if this, this is your favorite <laughs> shot. I actually kind of want to see it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm writing a dedicated guide to the Amalfi Coast in addition to, you know, the reports on the Qantas flights. So you'll definitely see some of the my favorite shots there. I mean, if you see a really stunning shot on the website, it's usually Brandon who's taken it. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so what what else did you get up to while you're in Rome? Like, I'm I'm just going to vicariously yeah. live through you here because again, well, before I, I reached Rome again, uh, I went through Naples. So that's another yeah reasonably large town. I think it's the third largest town in Italy. Uh, so Naples is the gateway to Pompeii, um, and it's also um, one of the cities that you'll pass through when you go between the Amalfi Coast and Rome. So I stopped in Naples for two nights. Um, so I went to see Pompeii, which was, you know, very, very humbling. Um, I can imagine. Because the, the ruins are nearly 2,000 years old. Um, and some of the artifacts there are so well preserved. You know, there's a mosaic um, of a, you know, it says beware of the dog. In, in Italian, that's cave carnum. And it's a mosaic with, a, you know, a growling dog and the words beware of the dog written in Italian and, you know, things like that. It's just so um, surreal seeing them, you know, still existing now. Um, and Naples is also known as the birthplace of pizza. So of course I had to spend the night hunting, um, some good pizza. So did, you, uh, did I, you find good pizza? Oh, definitely. Um, I stopped at a place called Sobio, um, and it's, 
it's generally considered as one of the best pizzerias in Naples, I believe. Um, there's, you know, a lengthy wait time. Uh, as a solo diner, I did get in, you know, within 10 minutes, but normally you should expect, you know, a 30 to 45 minute wait time. And, you know, for a, such a popular place, their pizzas are so reasonably priced. It was €8.50 for a full-size, you know, margarita pizza, but with, you know, proper dough and, you know, buffalo mozzarella sauce from the region. And it was absolutely, you know, delicious. Well, you're, yeah, you're not going to get that price in Melbourne, let alone uh, no, no. Let alone yeah, Naples. I mean, that's compared, amazing. I mean, converted to Australian dollars, that's about 12 or $13, I think. So you're not going to get it's anything cheap. like that quality. Yeah, cheap and authentic and, you know, right from the source. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah if you want good pizza go to naples because you know places in rome obviously the pizza is still good but the price is a lot higher yeah mm. yeah i mean well yeah as, as you said like birthplace of pizza so yes <laughs> and this is quickly turning into a food podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah so moving on i took the express train back up to rome uh, for my final two nights um so you know for the first day i did pretty much all the touristy hitting up the sites but rome is such a beautiful city because you know interspace between the modern buildings you have these historic old buildings just pop up you know like mm-hmm. um I, I was riding on an e-scooter which is great fun by the way uh, riding on an e-scooter up a road and then suddenly the coliseum appears in front of me you know on on the it's you know, crazy in front of, so I'm, you know up this street there's you know cars parked on the side but then there's this you know ancient old coliseum appearing and it's such a you know such an amazing feeling it's, being in a classical like old city like rome it's, it's it's one of the great things about europe is that you have all this history all this culture that mm. you know you see it in a picture and it just looks like it exists by itself mm. but it's just intermingled with modern day life yes i wonder if that's one of the you know major appeals of you know australians loving to go to europe because there's just so much you know history embedded in the cities you know there's there's something for everyone there oh definitely i mean that and the pizza <laughs> that and the pizza yes <laughs> Um, on the second day, um, I spent the morning exploring the Vatican and the museums there, uh, which is once again, you know, I, I say this a lot, but it's once again, humbling and beautiful and stunning, you know, just all, all those words. Um, yeah. so I booked a skip the line tour, which was really great. So they take us for a special entrance. Uh, and you know, right now these days it's really hot in Rome. So anything to cut down the wait times outside is a win in my book. So what's the skip? What just uh, for people that don't know, what's the skip mm. the line tour? Yeah, um, so lots of these tours you can book online through different websites such as VA Tour, which is what I used. Um, they are basically small group tours, but when you book them, the tour guide can take you through a dedicated entrance, and you don't have to line up uh, in the general, you know, public area. So that's probably saves at least half an hour, you know, of waiting, which is you know quite valuable when you're holiday, but also you know time out of the sun. So. You get straight into it in the nice, cool rooms of the Vatican Museum. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, um, and the, the the tours themselves are very comprehensive. Um, so they show you, you know, the, a lot of the sculptures, um, such as uh, Leo Cohen and his sons, which is a really popular sculpture depicting the Trojan War. Um, the Sistine Chapel Gallery of Tapestries. There's just so much to see on the tour. Yeah, well, you've sold me on a trip to Europe at this point. <laughs> I know that I. I know personally, I, I want to try and get one in next year. Mm. Um, but I think it'd be really interesting to have a chat about. Like we, one of the good things about Europe is there's many port, points of entry. Oh, yes. um, and, you know, I, I think most Australians would think, okay, Qantas is a good option to get to and from places. But mm. if you start putting your, your creative thinking cap on, there's actually mm. a number of other ways you can get into Europe. Like what's, what's, what's some of your like, I, I know you've been looking at some really interesting routes. Yeah. What, did you, what did you come up with? Well, 
there's a lot of partner airlines that fly to Europe, um, from Australia to Europe especially. Uh, I've got two more trips upcoming actually. Um, I did book them a long time ago, so the availability has long gone. But at the time, I booked uh, Emirates first class to Vienna, which I'm going in September, oh. and then Qatar Airways Q Suites back. And then for my second Europe trip uh, in uh, March next year, I'm flying Qatar Airways again uh, to London and then Singapore Airlines back uh, from Amsterdam, which I booked via Velocity Points. Um, so there's a lot of different options. Uh, if you're using your Qantas points, um, Emirates and Qatar are probably the most direct, but it's hard to find availability right now, which is true for pretty much all. I, airlines, I think we but... should put a, a, a clause on all of this that right now mm. availability is tough. I think on, on yes, any airline basically, it's a struggle. Field by our you know mass exoduses to Europe, but yeah. it should but let... settle down. Let's 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 assume that okay we're, we're a little bit in the future now things are settling down mm-hmm. more seats are becoming available which which they will mm-hmm. um, what what are we looking at yeah so beyond Qatar and Emirates with Qantas points uh, Finnair is actually a really underrated choice um, they fly to Singapore Finnair um, but Singapore to Helsinki uh, is a route where you can book I think for one hundred four thousand Qantas points in business class and the taxes are really low we're mm. talking like under. I think under $50. Um, it's one of the benefits of flying out from Singapore. Yeah, yeah. And especially with Finnair. Finnair themselves charge very low taxes. So they're a great airline to consider when you're using Qantas points. Um, Japan Airlines also has a similarly good rep. And that's a benefit. You can fly Japan Airlines straight out of Australia um, from the eastern states to Tokyo and then from Tokyo onwards to Europe. And they have a very solid business class product uh, with excellent in-flight dining, especially if you like Japanese food. And I'm excited to see what happens, you know, in a few years' time. Oman Air is um, slated to join One World, and once they do, there'll be another option to fly um, to Europe. They will. Uh, Oman Air doesn't fly to Australia, but you can catch them from Asia, such as um, from Singapore or Kuala Lumpur or Bangkok. So if you make your way there, um, there's plenty of options if you do reposition to Asia. Um, if you're looking at Star Alliance, especially with Chris Fly Miles, um, if you can't or don't want to fly Singapore Airlines, there's Turkish Airlines uh, via Istanbul, and they fly to Singapore, KLM, Bangkok as well, and then onwards to Europe. Uh, Eva Air is one to consider via Taipei, but they only fly to Brisbane, so it's a good option for Brisbaneites. And Thai Airways via Bangkok uh, is another solid choice uh, from the major uh, Eastern State Capitals and from Perth as well. Um, and, you know, if you can't find reward seats all the way to Europe, one strategy is to book yourself to Asia. And then from Asia, you can buy a cash business class return fare. So that means, you know, no hunting for reward seats. Um, but when a fare's on sale, you can get a really good, uh, you know, business class return for, you know, 2000 Australian dollars or more. Um, but uh, from there was a good deal, you know, back in April of this year, 2022, um, Etihad was selling a ticket from Kuala Lumpur to Europe for like $2,100 Australian return. So, you know, that's a really good price. So if you're struggling to find award availability or if you just don't want to, you know, deal, deal with all the points things, you know, get yourself to Asia and then start your business class return from Asia to Europe. I mean, it's a really good call out in general. Like because we live in Australia, a lot of people think, Australia is the start point of my trip. Mm. But you know, in general, a good strategy to at least you know, expand your mind, expand your options is don't, don't assume that you have to start in Australia. Yes, exactly. you, especially when you're looking for, you mentioned cash bookings before, but even mm. when you're looking for you know, reward seats, you know, there could be other ways for you to get to another destination and then do the, the lion's share of your trip from, like, from that destination. Yes, that's right. Sort of starting port. 
Um, yeah, so a significant bottleneck in the reward seat process is the flight from Australia to and from um, because the flights are so heavily booked. But if you do reposition yourself to Asia, um, such as, you know, to Singapore or Kuala Lumpur, Bangkok or Jakarta or Bali, um, most of the major airlines, including Qatar Airways and Emirates, do offer a lot more business and first reward seats out of those cities and then onwards. So um, definitely be flexible and search through different cities um, outside of Australia if you're able to you know, split your trip up that way. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, there's plenty of great resources on point hacks. I know you've got, um, you've got a number of uh, bits of content coming out about this mm-hmm. trip, this trip in particular, but there's a wealth of resources around, you know, different ways and strategies to, to get to Europe, um, mm. which, you know, clearly you've taken on board quite, mm. <laughs> quite strongly because you've got another two trips coming up. One of which being, you know, first class for a leg. Yes. Um, well, like the trick, yeah, <laughs> the <laughs> trick really is patience and luck. Um, you know, I booked the first trip um, when we were still in lockdown, so availability was there. No one wasn't was sure if they could go anywhere. Um, and for the Qatar Airways flights, I booked them um, after they switched to Avias, and then they released you know two new seats on every flight, and that was a great opportunity for frequent flyers to snap up some reward seats. But you know, those are long gone now, so you do have to be a bit more patient and a bit more um, you know tenacious in your searches. Yeah, yeah. Well. Like just to just to close out, tell tell us how you flew back from Rome mm. because this is ridiculous. Yeah, so after you know flying business class luxury all the way to Rome, um, the team at Point Hacks thought it'd be fun for me to fly back in economy, which I was like, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. You know, I feel like, yeah, I feel like you, you get a lot of business we're trying to trying to like bring you down to earth. Yes, exactly. Common you know, man, keep us grounded. Um, I didn't mind at all. You know, um, I loved the idea of flying, and you know, I was coming back from Europe, so yeah, economy was fine. So uh, I booked the economy reward. Um, it was just under i think 41 or 42,000 Qantas points plus taxes and back which is very reasonable you know for a 16 hour economy flight i mean that's the same from perth to sydney in business um so yeah 16 hours so i checked in boarded the flight as normal sat in my economy seat uh, and then one of the cabin crew comes up to me and then there's a gentleman next to me as well and he speaks to us and he's like oh can you can you just come and speak to me privately in the galley so we follow him and he's like, yeah, there's a family who wants to be seated together um, and we can seat them in your row, but then would you two be okay, you know, have, have changing up to premium? And we looked at each other and we're like, <laughs> yeah, let, let's do it. So, and that's the story of how I got my first, you know, free onboard upgrade to premium economy. Brandon, you can't even do an economy flight properly without getting upgraded somehow. Oh, it's, I know. It, it's, I know. Insane. it's insane. Yes. No, it was just the upgrade God's will on my side, I have to say. <laughs> hey, it, ha- it happens every now and then and yeah. you just got to, you, you yeah. just got to take it when you get it. Yeah. Well, Brandon, thanks so much for joining today. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have pizza tonight uh, <laughs> off, off the back of our conversation and um, oh, I'm going yeah. to be coming and talking to you because <laughs> I want to do a, a Europe trip next year hmm. um, and I'm going to pick that brain of yours around some of those routes. <laughs> well, but, yeah, uh, the last few weeks I, I've struggled to, you know, eat pizza and pasta back in Australia again. I've just been so spoiled, you know, with this trip <laughs> to Italy. <laughs> uh, one, of the, one of the downsides, I feel so bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brandon, thanks again and looking forward to having you back on soon. Thanks for having me, Dave. Bye. That's it for today's episode of Points of View, the Point Hacks podcast. Remember to visit pointhacks.com.au for more frequent flyer deals, guides, and tips. I'm David Walsh, and don't forget to subscribe.